can't spell. Sorry. I was trying to send a text. And as I was trying to spell, I spelled it wrong like five times, and it kept auto-correcting it to an even more incorrect spell. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Listen, I uh, there's a little bit of breaking news. I, I heard Tyler say this. Baker's going to the Pro Bowl. So is Jalen Hurts. Congratulations, man. That's big time. How about that? What a uh, what a great season for Baker. Is it bad if I'm kind of rooting for him to hit free agency so he can come to Vegas? Is that because I think why he, would that be bad? I think he would fit. I think he would fit what the Raiders want. Now I don't know who our offensive coordinator is yet. Did you see the story? By the way, speak. I don't have a ton of NFL in the top five stories of the day. But did you see the story last night about Kirk Cousins? How he's going to be asking for like $40 million a year? I don't know how much of this gets made up and how much is real. And I like Kirk Cousins a lot, but you, you, you kidding me, Clark? Um, Really? That That's what Cousins is going to be out there asking for? Do uh, What do you think happens there? You think he'll get it? Um. Minnesota's one of those teams that there's been a buzz building that they could be looking to move up in the draft or do something. So, I mean, they're too far down, though, to get up in the top you know, five or three, which is where you need to be. Unless they did something crazy. That might be a spot for Baker. That might be a spot for Baker that I'd keep an eye on. There And listen, there's going to be – Quarterbacks taken in the second and third round. They were like, oh, he's going to be a starter. Look out. But I wouldn't be surprised to see a bidding battle. It wouldn't surprise me to see the Vikings maybe get involved in a trade. Let Kirk Cousins walk. Try to make a deal somewhere. I don't know. It'll be worth following. Uh, are you ready for the top five stories of the day? Never been more ready. All right. It's brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers come to play. Happy hour, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6. Earn 20, get 20 on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Plus, conveniently located, I-44, exit 107, Newcastle Casino. Big story number five. Number five. I, I, I hadn't heard... The Anthony Edwards audio, I had just seen the transcription of the quote. So I have made a an adjustment. Big story number five is the Thunder loss last night. But come on, man. You can hate Anthony Edwards all you want, but this post-game opening statement is fantastic. Tonight it was the battle amongst the best in the West. You guys take sole position of number one in the West. How did you get it done in this environment? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm going to take the fine because the refs did not give us no calls tonight. We had to play through every bump, every grab. I don't know. I don't know how we won tonight. Uh, big shout out to my team. Big shout out to my coaches for sure. <laughs> How'd you win tonight? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I, I do not know. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, later on in the press conference, um, he told ESPN, yeah, the refs were bad tonight. They were terrible. We were playing eight on five. I, don't get hit. Don't listen. I, I, I don't get too mad over this stuff. If, if people are worried about you getting calls, you're in their head. You win. You win in the long run. And – 
even though they didn't win last night. That was a heck of a basketball game. OKC just, the shot selection sometimes is a little bit, and and, and I don't know if that's Dagnall, just like, hey, you got it, go. But I feel like there's, and there are dudes that you, you count on making those shots. You don't complain about any shot SGA takes, but I just kind of felt like got a little got a little loose a little with, haywire. With, with taking some of the threes late when you didn't really need that. Chance to uh, make it up in a hurry versus sure. the Nuggets next. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you got Denver coming up next. I will say, the um, did we have any update on the Jalen Williams injury? He hobbled to the back. I didn't see anything last night. Um, but Shea Gilgis Alexander finished with 37 points. If if you want to complain about the foul calls, it is, I mean, it's not that glaring of a difference. OKC shot 22 free throws while Minnesota shot 15. But Shea Gilgis Alexander did get 16 of those 22 injuries or, or, or free throws. What'd you find? Just a uh, an ankle twist for Jada? Yeah, and we'll see, right? I mean, maybe right. you don't play him versus Denver. Maybe he's back ready to roll. Um, tough loss. I Josh Giddy wasn't playing much late. He was a little bit of a lie. I think he's a bit of a liability against Minnesota with their bigs. Are we watching a playoff preview? Yes. OKC Minnesota yes. or OKC Denver? I mean, it feels like one of these series is probably going to happen, right? I'll tell you this much. Um, I have not been. Um, I've not been a big fan of Minnesota's path to their rebuild, if you will. But they've. They've given me the big DX crotch chop and the middle finger to my face. They've man. arrived. They have arrived, and the, it's, uh, it, they're good. Northwest division's really good. I know we don't really care about divisions in the NBA. I do. But uh, Minnesota, Denver, OKC, pretty pretty salty. Pretty salty. All right, um, anything else from the NBA last night? I, I saw we got another good old-fashioned LeBron laying on the ground injured moment last night. Where he <laughs> we didn't did get, up get for one a while. of those. Yeah. Look, LeBron James leads the league in moments where it looks like he just died, but then bounces back to play. Uh, Lakers lost to the Rockets. Oh, let me let me slide in one college basketball note because obviously we're going to get to OU Kansas State coming up here in just a bit. But a fun game between Houston and Texas, and in the ultimate welcome to the Big Twelve moment, Houston ends up wait hold on yeah here we go Houston ends up winning in overtime against Texas inbound to Acemus Acemus from three quarter court at the buzzer it's off the mark and the Cougars win Houston comes into Austin and defeats the Texas Longhorns <laughs> I'm glad they got off that audio pretty quick <laughs> sounded like it was right by some dudes that were about ready to risk risk it all FCC violations wise Cut it. Cut, cut, cut. Go. We got to go to break. We'll be right back. Bye. <laughs> you don't even ask. You just sh- shut the mics off. Oh, my gosh. Um, Good win for Houston. And welcome to the Big 12. Guess what you've got Saturday? You are on your way to Lawrence. More hoops coming up in big story number one. But next, big story number four. Number four. Garen Hatchet is the newest member of the Oklahoma Sooners, Washington offensive lineman. Uh, if you go to allsooners.com, John Hoover has a uh, – well, I'll make sure I give proper credit here. Randall Sweet has this article that kind of lays out some of the PFF numbers. Uh, they're not the most jaw-dropping things, but six foot four, 303 pounds, uh, mostly played guard, 
mostly played right guard where most of his playing time came for Garen Hatchett. His brother is staying at Washington under Jetfish. From Ferndale, Washington, he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school, was the number eight guard in the country. I'm doing the thing that I push back against whenever a guy transfers, we go to their recruiting rankings. It's like he's played for three years. Why are we going to his recruiting rankings? Well, and the portal recruiting rankings weren't as high as the, you know, blue (laughs) chip coming out of high school rankings. So let's find the positive here, shall we? Let's go to the positive. But uh, Hatchet played – he got injured this year. But the six foot four, three hundred three pound guard posted a fifty nine point eight grade from Pro Football Focus, down from his seventy two point six in twenty twenty two, and that means now that Oklahoma probably done in the portal. I, I would think so. I would like to take this moment to thank Swiftco. <laughs> it's not like we're saying that, but it's just that you would think now we'll see what happens during spring ball, and then. If Brent Venables and Bill Beanbow or Todd Bates or somebody says, "All right, we gotta, we gotta get someone here. Let, let's let's get the portal." I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't even. I, the spring portal has never been a big deal outside of Jordan Addison, but you, maybe this year is different with Alabama, Washington, and Michigan. Michigan too. Yeah. It, it, what what happens for Oklahoma? Right. I mean, are, is there some movement? Uh, right now, it feels like uh, pretty settled. Thank you to Brent Swift uh, and the crew, by the way. Big story, because I changed my numbers around thanks to stupid Anthony Edwards. All right, uh, big story number three. Number three. Can I go to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line for sure. two quick texts here for big story number three? Because uh, I'm not going to lie to you, Josh. I kind of felt this in my bones, uh, and and it hit, it hit me, dare I say, right in the heart. Because the Big 12 – released the 2024 football schedule, finally. It was a 16-team league. Uh, now, I I believe that I'll still be doing some work at Big 12 Radio, so I'm not trying to completely and totally crush everything there. But two things really jumped out to me. Number one, what Chris in Chicago texted. He writes, I just looked at the Big 12 schedule, and I was surprised at how little I cared about these matchups. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was number one. And then the, uh, the other one was seemed very Western Athletic Conference-like whenever I looked at it. You know, it's there's not a lot of jaw-dropping wow matchups, right? Well, there's we, no we, blue bloods. We like it because yeah, we're college football fans. But I don't think Fox – Officials are like, guys, we got Kansas State and Colorado. Now, Colorado's going to be a good, a big get because I think there's still going to be a Coach Prime effect next year. But we'll see. As long as he's there, now they need to get better. Right. But uh, as long as he's there, if they continue improving, th- there will be, yes, some legitimate interest in Colorado. Exactly. But – this is not uh, for the NFL snobs out there. This is not their league. No, it is. Uh, What's funny is uh, it's not your league. Noted NFL snob Artie, Arnie Spanier probably will like this league. Oh my gosh! Because yeah. Arizona's in it. Well, I think he's quickly going to realize a couple of things. Number one, uh, Manhattan's not Los Angeles, so you know there's a little bit of a different world when you're going to Lawrence, Kansas, and when you're going into LA for a game against you or even Eugene for that matter. What I'm saying is. 
there will not be a lot of banger TV matchups in this league. But it's, it's going to be, I think, an exciting conference Conference and competition. And, and what have we learned? What do TV networks want more than anything else, Josh? They want bangers. They want big-time matchups. The 4 million-plus club. Big story number two. Number two. I, I would just say every entity has an update if you're, if you're wanting to go a little bit more in-depth on the schedule. I, I hadn't even looked at Oklahoma State's. I didn't even look and see what Oklahoma State's looked like. Um, I didn't know if they got any. Because they put it in the smallest font in the world. Hi, welcome to the Big 12 schedule. Here is a look at a schedule that you won't be able to read unless you have uh, what's what's better than 2015 vision. But uh, two bye weeks, nine conference games, no divisions in the Big 12 once again. Uh, did we already say big story number two? I think we did. We did. I'm not going to get too carried away at any preseason poll because we pretty much know what it is. Oklahoma preseason number one, the two-time, sorry, three-time defending national champion. Unanimous number one in the USA Today, NFCA top 25. It's the third consecutive season. The number one spot mark, uh, being preseason number one, marks the fifth time the Sooners enter a season in the top spot. 17 18, and now 22, 23, and 24. It's the fourth time that OU has been the unanimous choice, that 17 team that brought back you know, Paige Parker, um, had lost Aaron Miller and Katie Self, but uh, had but Paige Lowry had transferred in, so that was a really good team. The 22 and 23 teams also were unanimous, number one. Um, it's the 13th straight year that OU has started in the top ten. And let me see. I haven't even looked at the top five yet. Okay. All right. This one This one makes a little bit more sense. Oklahoma is number one, followed by Tennessee at number two. Florida State is three. Uh, in fact, Florida State is tied with Stanford for three. I don't, I don't think Stanford's the third best team in college softball. This probably. time on the collegiate calendar, also famously known as Get your social media posts in about why OU's not going to win another right, national right, right. championship. Yeah. Make your arguments. Get to work, Jen Schroeder. Get to work. <laughs> Pick somebody that's going to win this thing other than OU. And then uh, in three months' time, we'll all reconvene and uh, you can get back on board. I think Clemson's really good. I think Clemson's a top five team. And then six through ten is Georgia, Washington, Texas. They've got Oklahoma State at nine. That's really overrating. Oklahoma State and UCLA at number ten. Again, Oklahoma State, to me, is not very good in the early season, gets better as the season progresses. UCLA all the way back at 10, huh? A, a constant preseason pop, top three, top five pick. This might be one of their most um, – I almost I almost made a mistake that would have had my second-grade teacher, Mrs. Benvenuto, very upset with me because I almost said they were the most youngest. <laughs> Why didn't you? That's – you're paid to be entertaining. They are one of the youngest teams I think that we've ever seen <laughs> for UCLA. They're they're very much. They didn't hit a lot of portal. They're very young. Not one of the most boringest teams, though. Not one of the most boringest teams. <laughs> Several of you maybe understood that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so OU softball preseason number one, which gets us to number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Do you? <laughs> Oh, you can't just stay tonight at uh, 7 o'clock. Do you, Josh Helmer, start looking at the good old 
fashion bracketology at this point of the year? Look, uh, I'm always looking at bracketology from the moment the season begins. Same. I'm addicted to it. I I love it. (laughs) Joe Lenardi dropped his most recent bracketology this morning at 8.30 a.m. Oklahoma's still solidly in a good spot. But, I again, I keep going back to T. Rowe. He said it tells you how tough this week was when Oklahoma went from being solidly in the tournament to suddenly you're like, gosh, we're inching close to that bubble. You know, they're, they're still good. In fact, in the most recent bracketology, according to Joe Lenardi, he's got Oklahoma as a six playing Indiana State in the first round. Now, I can't have that because – uh, Indiana State's my upset pick this year, so I can't have o- OU playing Indiana You're on State. the uh, Sycamores? I am on the Sycamores. I, In fact, I don't gamble, but if I did, I would put a lot of money on the Sycamores. Terre Haute? I would put a lot of money on Indiana State to make a run. So you need a road win tonight to continue to feel successful with that. Oklahoma, excuse me, Oklahoma's one of nine teams out of the Big 12 that are currently projected to be in the big dance. Kansas State, well, Kansas State, I think they're the one of the last eight teams out. Your first four out, Villanova, Cincinnati, Washington State, and Gonzaga. God, that's some interesting names. Right? Villanova and Gonzaga on the wrong side is a little, little wacky. And then the next four out is Oregon, Kansas State, Florida, and Butler. They still got Nebraska getting in, which is wild to me. Nebraska's win over Purdue is really holding a lot of water for him right yeah, now. Yeah, that's huge, and you mentioned the, the win at K-State's a good one for him. So, you're still in a good spot. you got to go take care of business tonight. When we come back, Kevin Henry was on with Toby this morning, and I thought it was fantastic some of the things Kevin had to say about where Oklahoma is and where they need to be. So, we'll share a little bit of that when we come back. And Porter Moser met with the media yesterday. We'll bring you all the deets as we get ready for OU and Kansas State right here on The Ref. You know what? I was just uh, – I got to come up – Paul, we got to come up with a nickname so I can give you all the credit for your great softball takes that you have. But Tennessee opens the season at Baylor in softball. There's a lot of really good opening weekend matchups in my beloved sport of softball. Do you know how my mind works, right? You know the only thing I'm worried about is me getting to the airport in time to make my flight from Mexico back here. I have no concerns about getting there, game set up. It's always easy money. Me being on my own with four semesters of Spanish and not being able to speak a lick of it and having to somehow get from our hotel to the airport without the benefit of having Patty Gasso <laughs> with me or Jackie Livingston with me, I'm not, I, I'm not well. I'm not well. In fact, I need to check. I think it might even be cutting it pretty tight. Next week. Next week, dude. Next week we get going. That's whew, exciting. Isn't that exciting? I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now. Um, physically, voice, mentally, ready. Prep-wise, knowing the opponents, not ready. We got, we got a little time. Hey, Josh, that's for the flight down. The big matchup there, of course, is OU and Washington. Yep. That's the big matchup. I don't know. I have not done my homework on a good old Washington yet. What about Duke? Duke, now, I my insider, Duke's not there anymore, both of them. Allison Fanning's been gone for a couple of years. Sid Romero moved on to Oregon. 
Duke's heck of a story, man. They had a just tragic offseason. Coach lost her husband. And now to have to try to rally and fight back through that, I, I don't even I don't even know. I don't even know how you would function. Yeah, that's that's so sad. Like, literally, I don't know any of my passwords to anything. I don't know how I would function, Josh, if my wife wasn't around. That would so, yeah, that, that part would be problematic. But in seriousness, I mean, how do you even how do you even persevere? And Dukes, they're gonna be on an emotional high. How weird is that too? We're starting at ten thirty in the morning on February eighth. That'll be a week from Thursday. Do you know what's funny? Do you know what's funny? Is it actually might set up to where I can be a part of the show for a little bit on that Thursday. Where you get to the park and everything? Yeah, I can get to the park and get set up. I don't uh, – Jacob Potter, I'm going to be calling you after the break. Mid-First Bank, I'm going to be calling you guys. I don't know if, like, all the rules are still in place about when you go to a, another country and your cell phone and <laughs> if you ever get off of Wi-Fi or can I use my hotspot down there. Notice how this has become my hotspot, Josh. This is my hotspot now. I don't know. But in even just talking about softball being number one in the country in the coaches' poll, it got me pretty juiced about next week. Tomorrow, tomorrow, Josh and I will be live from the OU Coaches Luncheon. That's where the show will originate from. Pretty exciting. This morning, Kevin Henry the analyst on the Oklahoma Sooner Hoops radio network, was on with Toby. It was an awesome segment. In fact, I would highly suggest you go to com or search KREF, however you consume podcasts, and listen to that segment between Toby and Kevin. It was fantastic. couple of things. First, Kevin talked about – well, Toby brought up a good point, and, and this is what I think angers fans the most about this team the OU basketball team. They seem to have the talent, Josh. They seem to have some dudes. There's not a lot of Jags out there. There's some dudes. But they don't do the little things well. I mean, we we brought it up with Jenny Baranchek. You're in a situation where there's, what, the shot clock's off, 13's plenty of time in the first half to milk the shot clock and take the final shot. And uh, Uzan just starts early. They, they start well before they're supposed to, and it leaves time for Texas Tech. And they, what do they do? They go score a bucket at the end of the first half or get a couple free throws at the end of the first get half. Get fouled, score, and, and, score yeah. a couple of free throws. So uh, Toby had brought up how this team just seems to str- missing free throws, struggle on the little things. Listen to what Kevin Henry had to the say about it. The coaching staff stresses all the little things, and they tell them. And one of the comments in the locker room, I can't remember who said it. It might have been Waldo. He, he stood up and told the guys, like, hey, Guys, we have to do the little things. This is why Coach always stresses all the little things. And this was before the coaching staff walked in. I was in there uh, with them early, and, and so I just was standing in the back and just listening. And uh, That's cool. So he got up and addressed the team? Yeah, he told them, like, hey, guys, we have. this is why the coaches always stress to us do the little things because the little plays matter. And there's so many little plays. Obviously, in that game against Tech, there was ten little plays. But if you take care of one or two or three of them, it's the difference in the game. Just do the smart thing. Do the basketball play. I like that when a player gets up and kind of holds everybody else accountable. Waldo's really good. playing good ball right now. He's playing really good. The guys respect him. He's an older guy. He's one mm-hmm. of the – you know, him and Trey are the guys that don't have eligibility left after this year. And so Waldo and Trey are two guys. This is that, their last chance to get to the tourney. This is it. So that's pretty good, right? You get in a situation where if you're not doing the little things – and you're not doing them well or doing them right, there needs to be that voice that stands up and is like, dudes, 
what are we doing here? These are the things that coach has been telling us about. And uh, when you go out and score 19 points, you you know there's there's credence added to your voice. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume that Voldo is Revoldo Soares. Um, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. And that's one of those veteran guys who's played really well recently for him, right? He's played really well for him. So I, uh, I like hearing that. And then just the massive nature of the game. It's a big game. You know, yeah, it, it does feel big. We said that every night, though, man. They're all like, big. We can't afford to lose this one. They're all so big. And you, you watched – I know you watched the Texas game. I'm sure you watched Texas and Houston last night. And that was just such a – just a fight. And it's, it's typical Big 12 basketball. I mean, that game, big, huge environment and just two teams that didn't want to give up. And that's that's what you have all across the board, up and down this – the standings here is just games, and Texas fell to three and five, and and, uh, and Houston's a really good team. You mentioned it last segment; they may go to the Final Four. They may win it all. I mean, they're they're that good. I think they might be my favorite right now to win it all. They do all phases of the game, and they play so hard. It's just a different level of toughness, and just the way that they play, and they just get after it. And they got great guard play, which you have to have in the tourney. They rebound the snot out of the basketball they got a really good coach like if you're you're talking about like the one siege right now who you got you got purdue north carolina connecticut who else would be up there that's probably like i like kelvin better than all those other coaches i agree and it shows you josh helmer just how even if you it's like i got a big win tonight it's like great we just gotta deal with uh a Johnny Dawkins UCF team that on Saturday that plays infinitely better at home than they do on the road. Oh, great. We get to turn around. Houston's around the corner. That team that I think many of us look at as a Final Four Another team. Another Dade versus Kansas and Baylor. I don't want to be that guy. Iowa State. I don't want to be that guy, Josh. Must win tonight? It's, it's close, yeah. You know, again, the definition of a must win, okay, no, it's not. But uh, us being able to sort of see the road – ahead and what three straight losses with another road trip to UCF right around uh, the corner behind it it's it's close they, mm. they have to get things fixed and they need to get them fixed now tonight yeah. anything else to add on the OU Kansas State game before we let the texters take over it's this league man it's uh doesn't give you much room to come up for air doesn't nor will it Quick break. We're back with the best of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line next. Send a couple of these texts just uh, super quick. Good, nice, chill day. No fighting on the text line today. It's been, it's been calm. The 214 writes, Big 12 football is still around. No idea it was coming back. Uh, Mark Dasher, at OU Photo Guy, which, by the way, I was looking for Mark's number in my phone because I had to text him. He's in my phone as OU Photo Guy. <laughs> As he should As be. As he should be. I might actually need to rename his contact in mine. He he came in studio and he's like, did you notice one thing about the Big 12 schedule release? I'm like, no. He's like, there's a lot of games where they don't say what day it is, and it has three different options, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. And, hey, I'm a big proponent of making Thursdays great again, but – you're also a big proponent of Oklahoma not being a part of making. I am great so again. happy that Oklahoma is not a part of making Thursdays great again. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be sitting on my couch watching Thursday night football. 
Uh, OU Believer 56. You guys know anything about the ability to broadcast the games at McNeese State when OU plays Central Arkansas or Lamar? I see that two McNeese State games will be on ESPN+. Plus. Good question. Um, I was in... I was in a email chain yesterday. By the way, Gmail, the worst for email chains. I don't know who created this or developed it, but they should be fired. It's awful. I found out that the email in my email chain that I'd sent about Gary's tickets on Friday, I like sent it back to myself somehow. How is this even possible, Gmail? Wouldn't you be like, hey, bro, you probably don't want to send this to yourself. But it is my understanding, oh, you believer 56, that there will be an option through Sooner Vision. That is my understanding. Good deal. Now, did I realize quickly that this email had nothing to do with me? And maybe once I read it, I realized I got from it what I needed to get from it? Yes. Did I go in depth about the ins and outs on it? But it is going to be. We're going to have, a, at the very least, a one-camera stream of it. We're going to a place that doesn't quite have the media services that you will a majority of other places. And sure. the, the uh, Puerto Vallarta, they have horrible camera angles, too. But at least it's available at Flow Softball. The thing that sucks about Puerto Vallarta is they have the analysts from home, and they literally have them do every single game. So you'll yeah. have you'll have somebody that by the time they get to that OU game on Saturday, it'll be their like fifteenth game that they've done. So they're out of gas, mm-hmm. or they really really know the team one or the other, or they're just uh, a little bit zany at that point. At that point, they're like, "Here's some softball, whatever." Uh, and then two other quick ones here, Josh. Tyler Guyton not starting at the end of the year. Red flags for him are for OU. If, if I said neither and explained it, would you buy that? Sure. Explain okay. away. Here, here's my theory. Now, I haven't talked to Coach Venables about this or Coach Beanbow. This is my theory. If any of one of you are listening and you want to correct me, I'll, I'll take that correction. I, I think that basically they looked at it and realized he wasn't coming back. And Jacob Sexton had played pretty well. And that if Oklahoma's going to be a good team in the in the SEC in 24, Jacob Sexton's got to be a part of it. So Tyler Guyton's going to the NFL. You know he's not coming back. Sexton, you're the guy. I, I think it's that simple. I don't think that – I think Jacob Sexton had outplayed him. Now, if Tyler Guyton got back in there, I'm sure things would have been a little bit different, right? But they just you, – you, you need to get reps. And Jacob Sexton, he got – he didn't play two years ago, right? And then he got the start in the bowl game, and what happened? He got hurt on the in the pregame and was gone after like the first or second play of the game. And so he missed all of spring. Well, he's got to get stronger. He's got to get more experience. At that point, you're not going to the national championship. You got a couple of L's. I think it was, hey, you know what? I, I'd like to see what Jacob Sexton can do. And he had done enough in practice and in prep to where you realized, okay, all right, he's he's earned this opportunity. Nothing I and I maybe there was something in it where Tyler Guy and they're like, "Hey, he's he's got a lot ahead of him. Maybe he's not quite 100%." So, 
Do we push him back in? I, there's a lot of different factors. But I don't think you have to look at it and say, red flag, red flag. I think you look at it and say, hey, Jacob Sexton was playing pretty well. Did he do some things poorly? Absolutely. But I'd rather him learn from that when we're 8-2 and two than having to learn from it when you're hosting Tennessee in week one of, of SEC play. Sure. Some would look at that and say, that's maybe a little too pie in the sky. But I think that's what happened there. Clearly, uh, on Guyton's end of the equation, he's not lost uh, a lot of steam, right, from no. the draft Knicks of the world, if you will. Double shot from the 615. Uh, he writes, Guyton is nowhere near Tyron Smith. I love the guy, but that's quite a leap. Now, let's be, let me be clear on this. This is not Chris Plank, right? This is Jim Nagy, who is with the Senior Bowl who scouts guys, who understands offensive line play. And he says that he reminds him of Tyron Smith. Not saying he is, that he reminds him of him. A guy that was a right tackle in college, that could come in and be a left tackle, and just a mammoth dude. I mean, Tyler Guyton is a freak of a human, man. He's just absolutely a beast. And so. should uh, continue adjusting, right? And, oh, and absolutely. And improving. And then the most important on that double shot – did you all see Iron Claw? I haven't seen it yet, but that is my sweet spot, Devon Eriks. Oh, come on, dude. I saw it the week it came out. I cried like a baby. And it's it's wild how you know what's gonna happen. You know, you know what happens. It's 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 a terrible, terrible story. But even in that, you're 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 tuned in. The guy who played Fritz von Erich should probably win an Oscar, but I don't know if this is the kind of movie that would be up for it. And you know, you kind of – they did Kevin Von Erickson favorites because Zac Efron was maybe a little bit bigger than Kevin Von Erick was. Kevin was always kind of scrawny. But it was really well done, man. I am – I'm such a nerd that I'm still mad about leaving Chris out and some of the other little things. But it was it was really – you haven't seen it yet. You don't, no, I need to. It's good. You would like it. Did you uh, – speaking of seeing things, I noticed that I got – Tyler to watch American Nightmare. Loved it. It was great. Oh, you watch it all? Oh, I've seen everything. Pretty wild plot twist, huh? Yes. Can I just I said this to Tyler and I, I want to keep it very generic. Because if you haven't seen it yet, it's the kind don't Google anything. Don't be that guy. Don't look it up. Just watch it. It's three episodes. It's three hours of your life tops. Maybe not even that. But just watch it. And yeah, they did a really good job. They did. Because you're gonna love the twist at the end where you're like, Oh, whoa. You don't say. Wait a minute here. It, I found the guy to be believable the whole time. I don't know why. When they first showed her, I was like, oh, she's she's lying. But the guy, for some reason, Josh, the whole time. Seemed honest. I I don't know. I See, I. Uh, Did you feel that? I, I think I talked Tyler into my way of thinking I was there. a little shaky with him. Okay. And was actually, like, believed her straight away. Really? But uh, part of that, I think, was I had come around to initially being leery with him and then midway through, it's, okay, I, I think he's honest here. And then by the time that I she was on screen, it was like, oh, there's, she's definitely being honest. I'm like, why aren't you guys pulling phone records? What are we doing? There are so many little things. Oh, and- they, they did a horrible job. Oh, okay. When everyone sees it, let's just all send a group text to each other and we'll talk about it. Deal. All right? That's the deal. That could be our Discord channel. <laughs> True Sooner, man. Uh, you get the last word on the show today. What's going on? Welcome to the program. How's it going, guys? It's outstanding. Beautiful. How are you? It's, a, it's, a, it's always a beautiful day in the neighborhood, right? That's right. Oh, indeed, look, indeed. Don't you dare take USC <laughs> Brian's line now. He's got that thing trademarked. 
Hey, uh, okay, so who was the bright guy at OU that, that, that wanted to send Kelvin on his way? I'm just curious. If he's still there at OU, or if gosh, there was well, there was a lot of fans too that they were boring. Yeah. They didn't like the offense, Ooh. you know. Well, now he accepted the Indiana job. But at the core of all of this, yeah, let's remember but- he did take the Indiana job. But there were a lot of people that were feeling some kind they, of way. Yeah, you're right, Josh. They could have convinced. They could have convinced him to stay. I, I will say this to me. It says a lot about the kind of relationships that Kelvin Sampson created that Mm -hmm. even with some of the issues that, you know, cell phone records and things of that nature, that Joe Castiglione is still his biggest fan, you know, and will still, when he got the Houston job, he infamously sent him a ladder. He's like, here's a ladder because you're going to need it because you're going to cut down nets there, right? I think that says a lot about what Kelvin was able to do for OU basketball. What do you know, Chris, about opening weekends? I know we're early uh, for a Love's Field now. You know, with the beautiful weather we're getting, I'm assuming that they're they're on schedule. It looks like I, w- I was by the stadium the other day, and, I mean, I still got a lot of work to do. But I think it's cosmetic stuff probably. But opening weekend, I, I heard you say a soft opening. Um, and, and also, I was looking at the schedule, and it looks like I don't know if you've dug into the schedule at all, but it looks like that they play like two games on Friday and two games on Saturday and one game on – is it – do you know if it's going to be like a one ticket to, you know, get you in all day Friday or will there oh. be – you know, you, is it like a tournament? Is it like a round robin? And then do you have to – do you have any information no, at all on that? not any. But yeah. I will say – when I say soft opening, I just mean because it's like 2 o'clock on a Friday. I mean, that's not – Right. <laughs> that's where their first home game is. And while that's right. fine by me, I think for most people, it's like 2 o'clock on a Friday, I got to work, right? So I think they're going to do some bigger things as as the season progresses. But from from everything I've understood is, I mean, it's you're going to have sessions for this like you would for, uh, for a tournament. I don't okay. th- and I think you can buy an all-session pass for that, for that week. And that's the OU tournament that's March 1st, which, by the way, you might say, it's March 1st, it's January 30th, you have plenty of time. No, no, man, you blink and we're going to be there. All right, that's that's the first three well, they, weeks of softball. Well, you can't, you can't buy any tickets. I no. mean, I, I, guess they're gonna, I guess there's going to be, like, maybe some standing room or something. Uh, standing room at every game, they're going to sell some standing room only or something. I guess it's supposed to be, what, 600 of those yep. or something. But, yep. yeah, I was, yeah, so it's going to be awesome, man. I mean, I'm glad I got mine. I'm, I'm, I was on phase two and was fortunate enough to get them. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be – that stadium is unreal, man. I, I got as close to it as I could without going in. and it's. I mean, I, I, I could see where the baseball team looking over that right field wall of theirs is probably a little bit jealous. <laughs> well, the baseball team's got some big-time stuff coming too, man. Hey, thanks for your phone call. I appreciate See it. you, man. See you, true. Oh, yeah, baseball team, what they got going on over at Mitchell Park, it's going to be rocking. And they are underappreciated headed into this year. Dude, I'm fired up for OU baseball. I know you are too, Josh. Absolutely. Um, Tom Palisaro with an interesting report in the NFL. Ben Johnson has informed the Commanders and the Seahawks that he's staying in Detroit, which means he didn't get offered the job. <laughs> Just tell, which means he didn't get offered the job yet. All right, quick break. When we come back, some final thoughts with some news out of Tennessee on the ref. Uh, I think Chris sent this to us, so – Thanks, Chris, for the note. Primrose Funeral Services' final thoughts takes us 
to Knoxville. The Tennessee Volunteers are under investigation by the NCAA for NIL violations in multiple sports. Um, now I, I gotta be uh, I gotta be honest with you. I don't really know what the teeth to this is, but according to this report from Sports Illustrated. The University of Tennessee is immersed in another NCAA investigation of potential rules violations that's major in nature. <clears throat> nature. The case involves multiple sports and includes the scrutiny of name, image, and likeness benefits for athletes. They were penalized last summer for more than 200 rules infractions in the football program. But the NCAA Committee on Infractions had declared that that was one of the worst the COI has seen Committee on Infractions. Hmm. Hmm. Worth keeping an eye on, Josh Helmer. Maybe the NCAA is trying to say they're back. They're back in the saddle again. To uh, penalize at least one program. We'll show you, Tennessee, at Florida State while we're at it. How dare you drive that kid to a meeting? We're going to Michigan. <laughs> we're going to Tennessee. <laughs> we're going to Florida State. <laughs> primrosefuneralservice.com pre-plan your memorial peeps have a great Tuesday we are live from the OU softball coaches luncheon tomorrow in Oklahoma City right here on the ref